Hello and welcome to another episode of Software Should Be Free with myself, Tim Abel. Uh, this is a follow-up to a blog post I rattled out the other day titled The Death of Custom Software Development. Um, you might have guessed that's a bit inflammatory um, and it's a bit more nuanced than that, but <clears throat> it does sort of summarise the direction of things. Um, I've been floating around the software world for 20 odd years now, as I like to tell people, um, and I've been reading and doing the work and seeing the trends and I, I just fascinated in the whole th with the whole industry. Um, and one of the parallels that I've been wondering if is re relevant, which I think really is, is the parallel with the Industrial Revolution uh, and modern engineering. <clears throat> Back when we were inventing steam engines and railroads, there was little standardization, lots of innovation, um, vast wealth to be made from being the captains of industry. Uh, whereas now, engineering has far from gone away uh, in the mechanical sense. Um, my father was a, is, he's retired now, so was an engineer. Um, the building of railways continues around the world. Um, boats still need to be built, bridges still need to be designed and built, buildings still need to be designed and built. <clears throat> but the completely turning the industry on its head kind of innovation um, has stopped or is rare at the very best um, and is really confined to less commonly used niches um, such as space travel, um, which doesn't affect most of us in the same way. Uh, although it would be nice to have a, a phone with internet that works around the world, um, be free of the, the local phone providers. So the relation with that and software development, the way I see it, um, the invention of computing and chips and the ability to do digital processing is another revolution uh, on a level, not quite at the same level of impact, but in terms of the nature of the beast, it compares well with uh, industrial revolution type change that has disrupted every industry as they often say uh, uh, <laughs> something along the lines of any company that thinks it's not a software company is wrong uh, because they're all software companies these days <clears throat> even the most mundane things like buying or shopping is now an app and online delivery um, so the, the comparison with uh, engineering in the tradi traditional sense and software engineering um, in terms of where we are on that journey in the software world the um, we've been building up these layers um, of software so if, if you think back to um, the 70s and 80s um, then really the forefront of computing was in building operating systems basic utilities um, like disk management, things for new paradigms for interacting with the computer, like user interfaces, um, the very most general of software, like spreadsheets. Um, and then we've continued to move up in the, the levels of abstraction and the capabilities and how close it was to business needs. Uh, so a big step towards business needs was things like the creation of payroll systems that managed the whole company's payroll, so it's less a technical basic and it's more of a solving a business problem um, and 
in, in the blog I've written um, a story. I, I had a personal trainer for a little while at a Nuffield gym. Um, and it turns out he, he's quite a bit older than me. And he was uh, an employee at HP. And he was involved in writing some of these payroll systems. And there was there was lots of money. And there was good work to be done there. And lots of problems to solve. <clears throat> Whereas now, um, more than 20 years on, no one would consider writing a custom payroll system. You would just buy Sage or some other equivalent system off the shelf, as it were, whether it's cloud or not, still kind of off the shelf. Um, and you could still potentially set up a new payroll software company and disrupt the industry, but that green field, as they like to call it, that empty plane of potential is now occupied by companies like Sage. Um, and there's, there's the areas of... Um, filling in the gaps, as it were, have continued. So programmer platforms was another big area um, that the likes of Sun and Microsoft filled in and have evolved and companies come and go. Uh, obviously, the move to the cloud is a big deal from a technical perspective. Um, that's meant we've had to do a lot of rewriting of everything. <clears throat> um, but the, the trend that I see is that as these great planes of uh, business need and personal need are filled in, by companies innovating in software, um, the innovation has had to move more and more into the the niches or niches, if you're American. As Pat Flynn likes to say these days, the niches are in the riches. No, wait, the riches are in the niches. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I, I see that trend continuing. Um, the We will eventually get to a point where software engineering is in a bit of a steady state, um, much like traditional engineering. I mean, it might take 30 years or 50 years, who knows, maybe even 100 years, maybe even 200. Um, but we will get to a point where there will still be software engineers, um, but they will largely be working for the software companies or working in extreme niches or disrupting an industry um, or maybe occasionally working for some company that has too much ego to believe that it could buy the off-the-shelf one, which I'm sure will continue to happen. Um, so the thing that really caught my interest lately, um, I've had a bit of a change of direction, which hopefully will stick, um, is that um, as as a, a niche is occupied, um, inevitably um, a business, a software business, will try and cover as much of as possible of that businesses or that type of businesses needs to avoid a competitor coming in with a wedge and starting to drive them out. Um, so oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's why you shouldn't eat before a podcast. Um, blood just all flow into my tummy instead of to my brain. <laughs> um, I won't edit that out because hey um, so for example so thinking of Sage as an example as they start on just like something basic like payroll and they expand out to more and more of the things that the business needs because they serve many businesses they there are some some areas of software service where you could cover basically everything that that business needs so for example um like a plumber um 
where there are lots and lots of plumbing businesses. They're relatively narrow in scope. They all basically do the same thing, kind of like a commodity. It's um, conceivable and probably already the case that a software can com company can come in, specialise in that particular sector and do everything a plumber needs um, from payroll if they have staff through to marketing, taxes, um, inventory, ordering, management, review management, um, customer relations, all of this sort of stuff can all be packaged up into one thing. Um, and in that case, the, from the plumber's perspective, their problems are all solved. Like there's a business who cares about them, does what they need. Um, and that is, that's an interesting space. But there are, there's another type of um, service of software and business where that can't really happen. Um, so this is where there aren't so many businesses of the same type or they're really big sprawling businesses that have all sorts of things that they do. Um, it's not really possible for someone like Sage to come in and just own an entire space because Sage is never really going to be an expert at every aspect of every business. So they have to decide where they're going to focus their efforts and they're going to be better and worse at some things. So take, for example, <clears throat> e-commerce companies, which is the, the area that's caught my interest at the moment, um, where you might have a shop front, which currently is, say, something like Shopify or Magento. Um, you might have a what they call an ERP system, that's uh, Enterprise Resource Planning, which, as my, my understanding, is basically it's ordering and managing inventory of physical goods. Um, so if you're if you're an e-commerce business selling things to the, the public or um, selling things to other businesses, um, you need to manage your stock levels um, so that you don't sell things twice that you don't have and that you predict how much you're going to have to order to manage to meet demand as it comes in because you don't want to have stock hanging around because it's expensive, but also you don't want to have not enough that you can't fulfill your orders, if, especially if you've got a six-week lead time in a container from China to get your goods into the country. <clears throat> um, and there's there's companies that specialize in the ARP software, like notably SAP. Um, I have no idea what SAP stand for, stands for, if anything. Um, I had SAP, B1, but SAP Business 1 mentioned to me as a sort of middle-of-the-range um, system. So if you then have SAP, which is never going to be great at customer shopfront kind of experience when they're competing with the likes of Shopify and Magento that focus 100% on that and then you have Shopify that may never get to the level of back-end capabilities that SAP can you've now got two businesses trying to own the space but neither is going to succeed there's still lots of competition um, the more competition there is the more combinations there are possible um, and you get this fracture point where these two systems either don't integrate at all or are integrated um, through yet more software or hand coding. Um, and right now, I think this is a really interesting space. Um, this has been growing for for years. Um, <clears throat> so I've been learning a bit about this space. Um, and I don't think this is ever really going to go away um, as a as a space. Um, where there's there's a need to be solved and money to be spent because um, like I say these businesses the software businesses can never come cover all combinations well, maybe I'll be wrong but 
<laughs> so far it seems they can never cover all combinations that businesses want so you're always going to end up with whether it's cloud-based or on-site or whatever this system and that system that don't really talk to each other particularly well <clears throat> um, and in terms of maturity you know the first step is to have somebody manually typing from one system into the next like literally copying data and i, I hear this happens the um uh, ups apparently has a uh, a computer a terminal that they will deliver to some warehouse site and somebody can literally receive the orders and physically type them into this ups terminal to get the the deliveries done um which is a, a pretty manual um way of doing things they they do have integrations obviously um so then you can you can step that up um one way to do that would be to have software developers come in and look at the apis of both systems um which hopefully are good you might be lucky um and write a bunch of code and find somewhere to host it um and deal with all sorts of problems <clears throat> that's really quite expensive um, being um having been around custom software development for a long time you don't get a lot of functionality for your money compared to an off-the-shelf piece of software um like you can pretty much add five zeros to anything that you would buy off the shelf if you have to write it by hand um there's a there's a whole culture of managing to avoid problems that still doesn't always manage to avoid problems um in the custom software world so there's also also costs in in things not behaving as they should um there is a <clears throat> a new breed of uh software showed up uh, that its only job is to connect two pieces of software together. Um, you may have heard of Zapier, which is a more consumer-focused thing, or If This Then That, otherwise known as IFTTT, I think, um, where you could, say, connect your Gmail to your, uh, I don't know, Airtable, or your Airtable to your stripe account or any, anything in any direction something connected to dropbox perhaps so you, when someone drops a file in dropbox it could trigger an email out that you know that kind of thing <clears throat> um there's more business focused equivalents um i have a friend who works for a company that's now called codeless um and they have a code a product called codeless bpa that sits in between these things um and shunts data you from one system to another they've built a bunch of integrations there's connectors you can get um, I, I see this work as never done um, as say SAP releases new versions with new APIs um, everybody who's running SAP and has it connected to anything else is going to have to <clears throat> update the way everything's connected that all comes with cost and effort um, so hopefully that's given you a bit of a picture of where I see things are at the moment where I see things ending up um, and the reason this is super interesting to me at the moment is I've been doing custom software development for uh, 21 years-ish commercially. Um, and I've just finished a contract. Um, then I went on summer holidays and I've come back. I'm in a reasonably good position to start thinking about the next thing. I've been contracting for nine years, which is quite a long time to do the same thing, um, much as I enjoy it. Um, so... I have decided, foolishly or otherwise, we shall see, to build a new business um, serving this particular market of integrating this and that and the other piece of software. And a big change for me 
is to not do everything myself this time, but actually to build a business who employs or contracts other people um, so that I can scale and improve the impact that I bring, uh, apply the learnings that I've from all of the learning I've been doing lately. Um, I've spent the last <clears throat> too many years reading and listening to business books and podcasts and trying to learn the pitfalls from other people instead of just doing it all wrong the hard way and the hard way myself so hopefully that will pay dividends literally and figuratively <laughs> um i guess i'll wrap it up there because i've witted on about this for a while you might like the blog article um if you're interested in the 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 new venture the systems integration venture uh, either if you know somebody who would be interested in the services uh, i just need to get get crack in and get those first contracts in right now um, or if you'd be interested in helping me on the execution side uh, or if there's anyone you know that I should talk to for any reason whether it's just to get advice or some more stories or someone you think that I would get on with that would be very much appreciated I'm well aware that um, really the people you know and your reputation is make or break in this world um, and I'm looking forward to building on the reputation I've already got um, and delivering a whole load more value. Um, so it's sink or swim time. Wish me luck and I hope to hear from you all soon. Until next time, that has been Software Should Be Free.